0: 467 369 in new york call 1-800-next-step in arizona call 1-800-522-4700 in kansas and nevada call 1-800-327-5050 in massachusetts call 1-800-bets-off in iowa call one 800 270 for confidential help in michigan don't forget if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet use bonus code just baseball and get your one thousand dollar first bet offer today
1: hi it's a game
0: Episode 500 of the Just Baseball Show. You got the three of us, Jack McMullen, Arm Layton, and I am Peter Apple. And we're doing a special 500th episode by doing three predictions each for the second half. Some bold, some not. We're not going to go crazy, but some might be a little bit crazy. And we are brought to you by the king of sportsbooks, and that is BetMGM. Sign up and deposit into your newly created account using promo code JustBaseball. Download the BetMGM sports app on iOS or Android or visit BetMGM.com. Place your first bet offer and receive up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if it loses. If the bet does lose, your bonus bets will be available once the wager is settled. Call or text 1-800-GAMBLER if you do have a gambling problem and you must be 21 or older in order to use it. Gentlemen, it's 500. We've done so many of these episodes. We started back on April 1st, 2021, when we were Project the Plate. We rebranded to the Just Baseball Show. And now we're the Just Baseball Show brought to you by BetMGM number 500. We wanted to make this one special. But the main reason we are here is because of all of you listening. We just want to genuinely thank you guys For making us a daily list and we've been doing five episodes a week now for two and a half years straight and while it's 500 now we plan on doing 500 more and then add another 500 we're going to be doing this till the day we drop dead because all three of us love talking baseball with each other and we love bringing it to you guys and hearing all the feedback all the stuff on twitter and the comments it's all been so much fun so we just genuinely want to thank you guys guys 500 how we feeling
1: Feel good. Um, it probably isn't a good thing that we'll be doing this until the day we die, because I assume like any other old man that is a baseball fan, uh, I'm going to start to hate the game at around 55 or 60.
0: Exactly. Um, Episode so, 40,803 is going to be horrible. What happened
2: it's- to my game? Yeah, yeah It's, it's- going to be
0: why Jack hates baseball when Vladimir yeah. Guerrero, the
1: fifth wins the home run <laughs> derby. And it's the fifth generation of home run people. Yeah. Uh, Mark McGuire. Um Sammy Sosa and the Just Baseball Show, uh, three disgraced members of the 500 Club, which is really exciting stuff. Um, we love you guys. It is awesome. It has been so much fun. I think our, our favorite part, and I think what what kept the fire going right away, because it's like, it's hard to get this shit off the ground, man. Like you, you just do it, it a lot. and You're just kind of talking into the ether. And then is anyone
2: talking. listening? Yeah, <laughs> exactly.
1: And it's like, hey, like, mom, <laughs> do you want to listen to this? Do you want to try this? We talk about <laughs> we need, baseball.
0: Like we need an extra listen. Yeah. Mom, you like throw, throw it on throw, in the background. Also, shout out so my out. mom. She did do that early on. <laughs> she would just throw on the just baseball show. She was like, I have no idea what you guys are talking about, but I just want to help and support. Yeah. So
1: my mom listens to a a lot of the episodes too. And it's, it's so much fun to like hear her baseball takes through it. And my mom and my brother went to the Sox game on the, on the 4th of July. And I think like, you know, I'm not saying that, you know, listening to a baseball podcast helped them do that, but like they wanted to go watch a ball game on the 4th of July. And I I think what's so much fun for us is we get to talk to people that love this game, like fucking Mm. love this game. Like we do. Um, And I think the thing that immediately like kept us going to 100 to 200 and now all the way to 500 is you guys want to engage with us, which is like the best thing ever. I mean, it feels like we've got this tight knit community and flex alert, but there are a lot of you in this community and it's so much fun to – you know, meet you guys like shake Brandt's hand at, at this eBay event. Brand was the one that came up and said he was way more handsome or said I was way more handsome in person than I was on social. Like, it, it's so cool to chat with you guys. And I know that we have a consistent listener that wants to do a meet and greet in Toledo when the Indianapolis Indians are in Toledo. So I'm, I'm so thankful for um, the community that this has built. And uh, come one, come all, man. Invite your
2: friends. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you you guys said all the all the important things and and all the same sentiments that I would want to echo. I think just harping on the community aspect, you know, I've hosted a few different shows in the past, and you know, I I think with the Marlins one, I had that kind of attachment to to a fan base, and you know, I felt it a little bit, but I also it just kind of felt like work to me. I enjoyed hosting the other podcasts that I did, but I don't know, it just wasn't the same. There's something about this one where you know, I think it's us talking as friends, and then people being able to relate to that there's just a different level of connection with the audience and, and just having so many of, of you reaching out all the time. And, and I love it. I absolutely love it. Like it, it's one of those things that people be like, Oh, sorry to bother. Like, I I love the show. Here's a question. She I, it, it's you. never a bother. If, if I the ever best. can't get to it because the week is, is hell, I see it. And even if I don't get to it, like, I love that. And I'm going to get back to it later. Like it means a lot to me. And, you know, I think that's something that maybe, some people i know i would as a listener of another show maybe underestimate how much that means like when when you all reach out and say i enjoy the show here's a question or just i enjoy the show or thank you for this or whatever like it still blows my mind every single time that people reach out because they listen to the show and and enjoy it so I, I can't thank everybody enough for making this uh, an actual viable thing for us and, you know, making this something that we can do every single day. And, uh, you know, not, not just like have nothing to show for it. Um, that's because of you guys. And, and yeah, I'm just excited for it to keep going, but never be afraid to reach out. I love talking to you all. And especially in person. And you know, somebody one time said, I didn't want to like bother you. You are at a game. I'm like, you're never, you'll never fucking bother me. Um, we had some awesome people come up to us all star weekend and you know, it's, It's really what it's all about, and it just adds to the the fire. Because sometimes I forget we're talking to people. I almost – just like I'm talking to you guys, and, like, we have a microphone in front of us, and then I forget. And then people are like, why would you say that? And I'm like, oh, shit, yeah, you know, I (laughs) I did say that. that." And people can hear that. Um, But usually it's a positive thing, and and it's nice to be reminded that you're all out there and enjoying it. So, you know, it it, it means a lot to us too. Yeah,
0: Yeah, I've said a lot of heinous things over 500 episodes, so I'm glad everybody's still sticking with us. A- again, shout out um, the listeners of the Just Baseball show. And, oh, Jack, you got one more thing to say, too? Yeah. And again, like so many
1: positive messages that are put out in like a public way, you know, whether they're like replies on Twitter or comments on, on other social medias. Um, but again, Definitely
2: like not TikTok.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but again, like any hate that you guys have, just shoot it in my DMs like so much easier, so much more private. Um, and your hate fuels me. So keep going,
0: haters. Let's go. <clears throat> So this, this episode is for the haters and for the believers. Um, You're either going to hate it or you're going to love it. It's definitely not going to be one of those episodes that just kind of flies by. You're like, oh, that was a good conversation about baseball. This might make you angry, but this also might make you really happy. All three of us, we prepared some moderately bold predictions. As you guys know, the listeners of the Just Baseball Show, if you've been listening for a while, I tend to go more bold. I tend to have a little bit more fun with it. Now. That means I'm set up to be be wrong. The good part about me betting every day is I'm so used to being wrong. I'm wrong five, six times a week. So I don't give a shit about being wrong. I try to give you my best shot and I give you everything I got. And more often than not, I'm going to try to be right. And Arm and Jack feel the same way. So we're going to give it our all on this episode. Three bold predictions each. We'll do a little bit of a, not a snake draft. Cause I don't think our brains can handle more of a snake draft format because we keep going back and forth. We don't know how to do four or five. So we're just going to go in order arm. We'll start with you. Yeah. Your first bold prediction for the second half of the 2023 MLB season.
2: Yeah. So I, you know, I, I kind of approach it more of just like predictions and, and a couple are more bold than the others. This one might not be totally bold. I'll let you guys kind of give me like a, a bold meter. <laughs> like i I guess like you can both give me what you think. That'd be good. One, one to ten. 10 on the scale. Yeah. Should we'll, yeah. we'll each kind of yeah. go around and give our one Before to 10. Before we out.
0: respond, we'll do one to yeah. 10 on bold. Yeah. yeah. I like that.
2: So th- this one's not that bold, but I think at the end of the day, like I'm betting against one of the best teams, if not the best team in baseball besides the Braves. I, I think the Baltimore Orioles catch the Rays right. and, and, and pass them up in the American league East in the second half. I, I know that the Rays are clicking on all, on all cylinders. I know things are going really well for them. And, you know, I think the Rays are going to ha- finish strong. I'm not saying the Rays are going to flounder. I think it's more that I think that the Orioles are going to go nuts. Y- you have a Rays situation here where the pitching is, is just, you know, it's so beat up. I know that they got Glass now back, but then, like, he leaves with, like, a hand issue. Like, I, I don't even know what. I can't keep up with all the little things anymore. Um, I don't – expect them to be overly aggressive at the deadline. I think the Orioles are going to be more aggressive than the Rays. The Rays are always weird about it. And, you know, I I just don't know what they're going to do. They're going to maybe try to go get an arm, but there's not been that many arms on the market. I think they make some between the margins moves. I think they go get bullpen arms. And you know, what you see is kind of what you get here. The Orioles, on the other hand, they have the best farm system in baseball. It's not really close. Like it's insane what they've been able to build now. and, And they just had a nice draft again. I think that they're going to finally push the chips forward here. And and you have a team that just seems to be getting better and better and better. The pitching is somehow held up. The bullpen's elite. They go out and get an impact starter. If they can, I mean, they can make the offer for Shane Bieber that nobody can match. Not even the Dodgers. I don't think like they can really knock the socks off of, of, of any team they want without their farm system, feeling it. I think they smell the blood in the water. I think they can catch these, these rays. They're going to have a lot of games against them. I think down the back end. I think they can do it. I really do. And and I, I'm I'm a believer in this Orioles team. So uh my prediction is they they surpass the Rays and they take the AL East.
0: Bold ranking Jack?
2: Um
1: seven point five. I like that. Yeah, was, I was that was pretty I, cool. I
0: like it too. I like it too. And because I do think the Rays really limped into the end of the first half into the all-star break. Like they really got kind of pieced by the Phillies then they definitely did not perform well against the Rays outside of them really getting to Bryce Elder. But yeah, the Rays have some problems. Like, you look deep into the numbers of, you know, their offensive statistics, their pitching statistics, they're still dealing with injuries, and at the end of the day, there's a lot of quality of contact numbers that are really, really alarming with them. One of the baseball's luckiest teams to this point in the season. They almost got off to too hot of a start, and then they started to teeter down a little bit. And But even to Arm's point, he has the Orioles catching them, I wouldn't be surprised if the Blue Jays caught him. I genuinely wouldn't be surprised if the Yankees caught him. I think that these last four teams, it is going to be a crapshoot. So I like that arm went with the Orioles. That's why I feel like the bold meter is a little bit up. He like chose the team that's going to overtake the Rays. But, and he could have just said, I think one of these teams is going to catch the Rays. But he picked the Orioles, so it's a little bit bolder. But I think the Blue Jays have a really good shot here, which, you know, I'll talk about mine in a little bit after Jack gets to his but yeah. I could see the Orioles because they're in such a prime spot to go get pitching. My one worry is they're going to do it.
2: I feel but like we you say have that every time now, right? they
0: have to, right? We say they have to,
2: this is, this is, if they don't do it now, I'm, I'm so out on the Orioles. It's crazy, but <laughs> uh, they also get John means back. He had a little strain in his back that I think delayed him. He was hoping to return this month, but he's going to return at some point. That's just another arm. Dylan Tate should be back at some point. Um, they should have Michael Givens back at some point. Like the bullpen's going to continue to get stronger. And then the last thing I'll say is I, I know that it's a little ambitious to to count on rookies, but Jordan Westberg's an upgrade from what they were rolling out there consistently. When you, when you consider that he's probably taking at bats away from what would have been Jorge Mateo when they shuffle around the infield and Westberg's been really good. And then Colton Cowser is an upgrade over what they were doing at, at points in the outfield as well. Those two young guys, fast power, good defense, like do a lot of things. And I think help balance out this lineup. I just think they're going to keep getting stronger and stronger and stronger. So that's, that's my final case, Jack. What what do you, or Peter, what did you put it out on the, on the hot, uh, hot take meter, bold meter?
0: I, I think a team catching the Rays is about a five bold meter. And I think picking the Orioles moves it up to a six. I don't think it's crazy bold, but I think it's kind of bold. You're not, you're not, you're not shocking anyone, but at the same time you're making people think. And I think Got that's it. what a six does. You're making people think. And I like it. I like it a lot. I'll take go it. ahead, Jack.
1: Okay. Uh, two for one special, I guess. I think that there are going to be two teams that not many people are thinking of that are going to be in the market for great starting pitchers at the deadline. And I'm talking like Cease, even though we just talked about him on Tuesday as being quote unquote immovable. Um, and I, I think what we kind of settled on is if the price is more than right. I think the White Sox maybe swayed to move Dylan Cease, Um, especially now that we have this, that Luis Robert has calf tightness after the home run derby. I mean, dear fucking Lord, man. Um, Two teams that are going to be interested in the blue chippers, Cease, Bieber, if Stroman is on the move, Stroman. The Arizona Diamondbacks, which is the cooler one, and the Texas Rangers, I think are going to be really interested in adding here. The Diamondbacks, you look for that co-ace with Gallon. I think if you have Gallon and Bieber at the top of that rotation, this team is otherworldly confident. And Texas, I mean, shit, dude, they've got one of the best farm systems in baseball. They just added Wyatt Lankford to the fold. They have assets to go get one of these guys, and Dane Dunning is starting every fifth day for him. Dane Dunning has been awesome, but, like, dude, if you can flip a Dunning... And a couple pieces in this good, like, would you rather have Shane Bieber or Dane Dunning in the postseason? Like, let's let's be honest here. So, I think that the Rangers, while they have spent big in the rotation, can go even bigger via the trade market because the system has gotten so good. So, Arizona and Texas are the two teams that I think could be really interested in a marquee starting pitcher. Give that a bold rating
0: about a two.
2: Okay. Yeah.
0: About a two. That's hey, fine. I agree. It's good. I analysis. like it. I like good analysis. It.
2: Yeah. yeah.
0: I don't think you knocked anybody's socks off, but at the same time, I'm thinking about it how because about it makes one? all the sense of the world too. I really like how you included the Arizona diamondbacks in that because they are in such a prime position too. And I was thinking about a take about the diamondbacks that I was like, but I decided not to do it because as the team is currently constructed, if they did nothing, I think there's a strong chance that they didn't make the playoffs But the thing is, I think they're going to buy. I think they're going to be aggressive. And then if they do get that marquee starting pitcher, that take kind of goes out the window, right? Because I do think that they need more upgrades. They have a guy like Tommy Henry, who is, he's got a 30% hard hit rate. He's not allowing anybody to hit the ball hard. But at the same time, like, do we genuinely believe in that? I am just, I think I'm out on Ryan Nelson. I think I just am. I mean, he gives up the hardest contact I've ever seen. And he's just getting barreled day after day after day. And you have Zach Davies who just got his ERA under seven, right? And you still have Merrill Kelly on the shelf and you have a lot of bullpen arms where I'm like, your stats look good, but like, you're not that good. And then you have Geraldo Perdomo overperforming, right? You have Lourdes Gurriel Jr. Overperforming. You have Catel Marte who is great in his own right, but... On the last episode when I said, Luis Robert, like he's having this great season, but he doesn't have a history of staying healthy and he already got a calf thing. Like that's kind of the same thing with Cattell Marte. Now, Corbin Carroll, he he almost scared, I think, everybody in Major League Baseball when he went down with that shoulder thing and then was right back in the lineup. But there's no guarantee that he's going to stay healthy all year. I think the only guarantee in the Diamondbacks offense right now is that Christian Walker is just going to get his 30 home runs and like play pretty well. (laughs) Like when I look at their team, there's just a lot of things that can go wrong but if they right those wrongs in the deadline, which I think you're alluding to, they put themselves in a prime position. But I was considering that take because I look at the downback team right now and it's like, it's pretty volatile in my opinion. Arm, what, what are your takeaways?
2: Yeah, I mean it's they're one of those teams that just seems to be you know getting getting by the the pitching similar to the Orioles where it's like they they have no business being this consistently good with this staff on paper but you know at least they have the ace and Zach Gallen I mean if they go get an arm if they go get to spawn, if they go get Bieber I'm feeling real good about that you know I'm feeling real good about their postseason rotation and, and the way that they can you know kind of match up you just need th- you need three guys in the postseason and that lineup I'll take with anybody when when they're going right and. This team is is I think just going to keep getting better and better. So I, I'm interested to see how they approach it. I do think the D backs are going to be extremely aggressive, though. I, I this is a younger front office. This is a a team that is built for sustainable success, and I think they're they're not just going to go after rentals. So I think if they're going to swing, they're going to swing for the fences. And I think they go for that arm that they have for more than half a season. Bieber, you have for the year after this one. You know, we know that Cease is presumably not available, but Cease is a guy that you would have for some time. I think that's what they're going to look for. And and hopefully they can find it. But they've got the pieces to be able to go get that.
0: My bold prediction now. So my number one is. So Otani was the American League MVP really Major League Baseball's MVP in the first half. Ron Acuna Jr. was the National League MVP in the first half. I do think that if you take out Otani, because Otani, I mean, what are you going to do? He's going to be the American League MVP, no doubt about it. But if we take everything out of there and we take out Otani because he's practically unfair, I think Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is going to be the American League MVP of the second half. And we talk about his ground ball rate, right? That being kind of the big issue that he's hitting a lot of balls on the ground. From what I've seen when I watch Blue Jays games is that there's a lot of line drives in there. And he has lowered that ground ball rate from last year. It was 52% last year. It's 46% this year. So it's not this glaring issue that I still see sticking with him right now. When we look at a lot of quality of contact numbers, he should not be a guy with a 787 OPS. He's got a 342 WOBA and a 395 expected weighted on-base average, which is grading your, basically your quality of contact, right? 56.3% hard hit rate. He is hitting the ball the hardest that he has ever had in his entire career. Vladimir Gro Jr., I feel, has been baseball's unluckiest hitter in the first half. And I think if he is consistently hitting the ball this hard, everything is just going to unravel. So that's why I was thinking about turning it into, I think the Blue Jays could potentially catch the Rays. But it's more just me fully buying into Vladimir Guerrero Jr. When I look at the rest of the Blue Jays and I'm like, they got to do a lot of things in order to catch the Rays and the Orioles. So I'm not as confident, even though I am confident in the Blue Jays, but I'm much more confident in Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Putting together a second half that mirrors his incredible run back in 2021. I think it's all going to start clicking for him. I think all those line drives that I know Blue Jays fans are used to going into right field, going into center field, going into left field that are just caught are going to start to fall. And he is going to have one of those second halves where we look back and we say, holy shit, this is easily one of the best hitters in baseball. When I don't think we've had that conversation in a little bit. And I think he's still got it in there. He's just been baseball's unluckiest hitter.
2: I hope he's not one of those guys that we keep doing this for, though.
0: I hope not. And I think also, bol- it's bold all meter, lining going... up right now. It's lining up right now. And if it doesn't happen again, it's like, well, maybe there is just something happening here.
2: He's going to be one of those guys. We're just waiting, waiting. He just always underperforms the metrics. But he has shown us that stretch of where he played like an MVP to only Otani. <laughs> like, like he, he, it was exactly yeah. that. I'll put the bold meter at a. I'll give a a five 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 i like it big Vladdy's done this he's special but at the same time like he has a 787 OPS. so to say and he has to hit as well as anybody in the game yeah mvp because he ain't shagging balls you know like he's not he's not out there giving you value with his legs so it's definitely an above average boldness but I also and I also agree with you. So that probably makes me like think it's less bold than maybe the average listener uh or Jack. But like I, I agree. Like I think this guy's got he's too talented. He the the team is is hitting around him. So it's not like it's all on him. I think he can settle in and, and have a nice second half. And like you said, I think on the last episode, maybe this momentum from the derby. Uh, you know, maybe kind of gets him rolling into the second half and it you know, gets him lifting a little bit more. I mean, the, the derby was all about lifting and, you know, maybe that's just something that you know, just kind of sticks with him, you know, into the second half.
1: I'm pretty much the average, average listener. Like I feel like I am the voice of the common man, but um I'll put it at like a six, six and a half, because I think there are like better candidates for that. I think Wander mm-hmm. Franco is a really good candidate for that. I think yeah. Franco initially being left off the all-star team, um, like, could light that I'm going to kick your ass fire. Um, I think his teammate Bo Bichette is also a really good candidate for that second half MVP. Speaking to arm's point, I just think it's so reliant on the bat for Vladdy to be the MVP. Like for him to be the MVP, he's busting out like
0: 200 WRC plus post yeah. all-star break. And that's what I think you can do, it. do. Yeah. Yeah. He can do that's it. like, Jordan that's the Alvarez level of it, confidence. That's the level of confidence I have in Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Like, I think we're going to see remnants of almost winning the triple crown, like that level of offensive production, because it's all kind of lining up and he could just explode in the second half. So at the end of the year, when we're voting on the MVP in the American League, it is going to be Shohei Otani. And Vladdy isn't going to be able to catch anybody because he started an entire first half with 13 home runs and a 787 OPS. But what I'm saying is I think he could be around 1,000 OPS in the second half with 25 home runs. That's the level of production I'm expecting. He'll end the season between the 35 to 40 home run mark, end the season with a near 875, 900 OPS, and just destroy pitching in the second half. Because it's not like the ground ball rate has stayed. It's not like he's hitting the ball any softer. He's hitting the ball the hardest he's ever had, and his ground ball rate is actually lower than it was last year. It's just, it's getting caught by outfielders. And when you hit the ball that hard consistently, more often than not, they're going to drop. And I think they're going to drop. And I think they're going to go over the fence. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Didn't hit a home run at Rogers Center for like four months. That's just, that's impossible. That is just simply impossible. So I think he's going to go nuclear in the second half. And I think he's going to be a big reason why the Blue Jays, not only with the Orioles, maybe the Yankees, they got to do a lot but are going to compete with the Rays. Like, do not sleep on the Blue Jays team. And I think it's going to be Vlad who's going to be the main reason that they uh, catapult up this division. Gotcha. All
2: right, arm again? Arm yeah. again. I'm going to fall. I'm going to die on this hill. I'm going to fall on this sword. I don't only think that – so not only do I think the Twins are going to win the AL Central, I think they win it by four or more games. Ten. Mm. Ten. <laughs> Zero. I think they win it by four games. Uh, I'll give you my elevator pitch, and and uh, this is this is my thing. The, I think the rotation is actually about to to kind of hit another stride again here because Pablo Lopez has been really good, finished extremely strong into the All Star break, and his whiff numbers are as good as they have been in his career. It's just been a couple bad starts through a stretch, and and usually he gets hot and rolls, and and I think that's exactly what he's going to do. Kenta Maeda, by the way. He got shellacked before going on to the IL. Then since he's come back off the IL, he made three starts before the all-star break. Those three starts, he had a 159 ERA, 17 innings, 21 Ks, five walks against the Tigers, Braves, and Royals. Then you also have a, a bullpen that I think's kind of getting better and better. Obviously, you have John Duran. Joe Ryan has been kind of bad lately. I think he's going to get better. Uh, Sonny Gray has been quite solid. The problem is actually the lineup. I don't think Carlos Correa can play worse. Edward Julian is playing fantastic. Byron Buxton seems like he's starting to get his feet under him again. Kirillov's healthy and that helps. They have too many at-bats going to Kepler and Gallo right now and Michael A. Taylor. And, and the thing is, is I think they can go make plenty of moves. Also, Jorge Polanco's been out. Um, Rice Lewis is, is hurt again. Surprise, surprise. Uh, but they're going to get Polanco back. They can make a lot of moves. And, and this team has been super aggressive. They've actually traded too many of the wrong prospects, which has been part of the problem. But at this point, they're they're like they're neck deep. You might as well just keep going. And especially with the division in in, in reach, you know, you've got plenty of trade chips. You can trade Trevor Warnick, Matt Woner. You have several other prospects of note that you can move. Um, guys that I think still have some some value and they can go out and get a bat. And I think this is a team that could really use another corner bat. I mean, they're playing Donovan Solano plenty. Um, There's a lot of guys that I think they could upgrade with just more consistent at-bats, and they'll naturally upgrade at some spots, too, just by getting guys healthy. I think this team's gonna play better ball down the stretch. Uh, that simple, and I think they're gonna go get some more help, and that's gonna kind of join together to, you know, make this a really solid, well-rounded team. Bailey Ober is your five, is pretty darn good. Um, and and they might get Chris Paddock back at some point as well. Like, this team is gonna have plenty of arms. I, I think they can go make some some moves and and upgrade the lineup. And I think Correa is gonna play better in the second half.
1: I'm gonna give this a one and a half because I had it and I scrapped it because it wasn't bold enough for me because I live on the wild side, but I entirely agree with it. And uh, I I looked at two names, Candelario and Cody Bellinger, as mm-hmm. two names that I think would fit the Minnesota Twins perfectly. Uh, they need a center fielder, man. <laughs> Buxton's not playing center for Minnesota anymore. Buxton's the DH. If you can go get Bellinger, they have a sneaky, good enough system to like not really feel... A move for rental pieces like that. So, no, I I like it. I need you to live a little bit wilder. But
2: I said by four games.
1: Yeah. Okay, then I'll up it to it. What did I say? One and a
0: half. I'll double it. Yeah. I'll go to three.
1: Three. Oh,
0: wow. Thanks. Go. Yeah. Let me. Uh. <laughs> I think it's pretty bold because I kind of disagree. I just the guards. When, no, it's not even really about the like Guardians. Who's, who's, about, who's catching it, them? Who's beating them? Detroit. <laughs> here's here's what I feel like has happened in this first half, is that the Minnesota Twins have gotten really, really excellent production from Sonny Gray, Joe Ryan, Bailey Ober, and Pablo Lopez. Their bullpen has been as advertised, right? Joan Duran has been fantastic. Griffin Jackson has been good. Jorge Lopez was good before he went into that spat, and then ultimately went on the I.L., their offense has been kind of what we thought i mean carlos quay has way struggled worse than we thought yeah honestly. maybe way worse than we thought i think that's fine but i think a team like the guardians has also been way underperforming expectations as well and the guardians currently sit in first place in that division it's something with the twins it's kind of the same thing that i said at the beginning of the season with the san diego padres it's just like there's something there that ain't working and it's like i know the twins have <laughs> You know, been competitive. The Padres made the um, NLCS last year, but it's just moving forward to this year. There was something about the Twins that gives me the heebie jeeps, And it's not even something really backed by the numbers. It's It's more just when I watch this team, they are almost unbearable at the plate. They are so reliant on the home run and it's a lot of strikeouts and it's not that many walks, right? So they're a three true outcome team that's not really walking all that much. So when I look at their offense, I don't think I don't think it's going to get all that much better. When I look at the starting rotation, I see a lot of guys who have been really, really good, and they're going to have to also then be just keep going really, really good. The bullpen has been as advertised. So I don't think that they're going to get that much better unless they make some big-time moves. Remember, it's kind of like what Jack said about the Diamondbacks. If the Diamondbacks buy big and get a big-time starting pitcher and kind of revamp, I'll change my tune. But I'm just looking at the Twins right now. I still think the Guardians are going to win this division.
2: Okay, so give me you guys give me over under in the second over under in the second half. Pablo Lopez over under three eight nine ERA. Under.
0: I think it's what'll it be.
2: Okay, so it's so a push at three eight nine.
0: No, I mean I'll give me, I'll go give under. Me a three, I think nine, I think you know
2: I'll 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 put him at a three six. Okay, yeah. under Joe uh, yeah. Ryan over under 37 ERA.
0: It's true because he was. The these have been especially for Joe Ryan, back to back horrendous under. starts. Sure, under.
2: Okay, under. Kenta Maeda, over under five one eight ERA. Under. Under. Probably around
0: the same. I'm gonna go under. I'm gonna say he'll he'll be around there.
2: All right, now let's go to the hitting side real quick. Over under ninety, what is it? Ninety four WRC plus for Carlos Correa.
1: I think this is just a shit year for him. I'm going to say push to borderline under.
0: Yeah, wow. me too. I, I I think there's something wrong, and I don't over, know exactly what it is.
2: Over, under, 103 WRC plus for Byron Buxton.
0: Over. Barely over.
2: Jorge Polanco play games, yes or no? <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, um, but if not,
1: Julian's holding down second base slash DH, man.
2: Yeah. And so that's where I'm looking at it is I feel like most of the key players are going to perform better. Um, I think they go out and get somebody. I mean, Willie Castro has been, has been playing way too many games for them. Like it's, it's, it's wild. Donovan Solano has been awesome, but yeah. like, geez, you know, it's oh,
1: like it's, Candelario, Candelario doubles the production that you're getting from Jose Miranda.
2: Oh Yeah. And, again, you can move Miranda. You can move Walner. You can move Lornick. You have lower-level prospects you can move. Um, and, and again, I think Jorge Polanco is going to come back and, and and perform. I guess that's the last one. Jorge Polanco over under 104 WRC+.
1: Under? Like ah. right around it? Like slightly around it? I think they need an injection of outsourced talent uh, to win this division, but I think that they're going to do it.
0: Yep. All right. I guess yeah, I, I guess know. I'm just pulling up Cleveland offensively too. Like Jose Ramirez has been great, but I guess I could go like Andres Jimenez, 97 WRC plus over same. under.
1: Same, under the same. He's been pretty bad.
0: Stephen Kwan hitting 263 over, over. under.
1: He's going to hit 300 after the All Star break. Yeah, he'll hit well in the second half.
2: But oh, here's a big thing with the Guardians: they're going to trade Shane Bieber probably.
0: Yeah. But we also said that they could trade Shane Bieber because they're in a good position with a lot of these younger pitchers. Yeah, and, in the long yeah. term. But not. For but if they don't trade Shane Bieber, that's very also, that could very easily happen. It can totally
1: happen, but then but the offense not still has no slug. I think if they move Bieber, they're going to get like an MLB-ready corner outfield bat. Like They need some sort of impact, and Bieber, the beauty of Bieber is... You can move him for a Tyler O'Neill and a prospect. Or like, you know, obviously Bieber's not going to St. Louis. But, you know, say you were to move him to Arizona. If you want Alec Thomas and another good prospect, you get that for Shane Bieber. You get two more good prospects for Shane Bieber. So I think that the Guardians are moving Bieber for a big league bat with a bunch of control and a couple of great
0: prospects. I think it could very easily happen. I guess I, I just... I cannot believe how much I feel the Guardians have underperformed. And the Twins, to Arms Point, have underperformed too. And as we sit here today, the Guardians are still in first place. It's just, I feel like the Guardians have underperformed more than the Twins, and they're still in first place. Something's got to give. It's going to be competitive all year. I think that's the point. Like, the thing is, like, these two teams, like, the Twins could finish, finish with 83 wins and win the division. The Guardians yeah, could yeah. finish with 83 wins and win the division. So that's it's... why I
2: think the Twins are going to go for it. Uh, you know, I, you know the, the Guardians might subtract Savali too. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what else they're going to do. Quantrill's, you know, on the IL now. McKenzie still working back. What what what's his what's his deal? It, it, not I thought good he was rehabbing.
0: That's another big point of this. That's yeah. not good either.
2: Yeah, Class A kind of limp to the finish line, which is nuts because like I've never seen this guy be hittable at all. Uh, and then you have like Miles Straw, who I think is one of the worst players in Major League Baseball right now. So I, I do think if they make a good move and get some big league, like a big league bat, we talked about the Astros being able to get like a Chas McCormick from them, or you know somebody like that, or Jake Myers or whatever it may be in a larger deal that might work. But yeah, I don't know. Something about this Guardians team, I, it's like the same thing for me, Peter. They rub me the wrong way. I, I just yeah. I, I don't know. I, I really don't enjoy this Guardians team. But I could see, I could see a huge second half from Jimenez.
0: Yeah, I think that's the main point. In our plums, you're not a Guardians guy, and I'm not a Twins guy. And we're just gonna kind of see what happens because I think it's gonna be close all year. Just one of these fuck, well, yeah, one of these shit teams is just gonna lip their way into an American League Central title. And it's just I think you could make a sound argument for both. I think that's the main point here. And it's just we'll fucking see what happens. Yeah.
1: All right. My next one. Cincinnati Reds. I'm sipping the juice that you guys sold me. The Reds are going to put the NL Central out of reach. They're going to buy strategically. Mm. They're not going to get one of the marquee starting pitchers. Can I give you a name? Patrick Sandoval, I think, could be a Cincinnati Red. He's got Mm. three arb years left. He's got four arbitration years. I think he was a Super 2 guy. Um, Sandoval has this year Arb 2, Arb 3, Arb 4 left. The Reds have one of the best farm systems in baseball. Patrick Sandoval makes a lot of sense there. The lefty moving forward, Lodolo and Abbott. You get a, a future five, I guess, of Green, Lodolo, Sandoval, Ashcraft, Abbott. And then you have this stable of Connor Phillips, Lion Richardson, uh, Williamson, if you have you know much faith in him and, and you keep on going. Red I louder. think. Re, shit. Rhett Louder. Holy hell. Yeah. I think that they can add a mid-rotation guy that you don't think about at this trade deadline. I think that they're going to ID some sellers and point to a guy and be like, hey, we can meet a, a teensy bit steeper of a price than you know these other like quote-unquote stars that are available at the deadline. So I do think that the Reds win the NL Central, and I think that they do it by making some unorthodox moves that make us raise our eyebrows and say,
0: damn, good move. The one thing that I'm kicking myself for, and I think I will live with with this bet for the rest of the time, the Reds to win the division at plus 4,000. And I didn't take it. And I pitched it on the Just Baseball Show. And I've gotten so many DMs of people who took it on BetMGM after the episode and said, Peter, we're riding, right? And I'm like, damn it. I didn't take it with you guys. And I feel so left out. And I just had a feel they called up Ellie and everything was going their direction. And Andrew Abbott has just been so damn good. They're gonna get Nick Lodolo back. Everything that Jack just said, and I'm just kicking myself because I agree with you. That's why it's like a bold meter of like a three, just because I couldn't agree with you more. Like I think they've overperformed, obviously, at this point in the season. But I look at the Brewers who have overperformed. I look at the Cubs who I don't think they're gonna buy. I look at the Pirates who are, you know, they are who they are. And then the Cardinals might just be left for dead. So I agree with you. And I'm just still ticking myself. Bet MGM gave it to us, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, They gave us plus 4,000 arm. And I didn't I know. take you, you it. You sold
2: me on it on the pot and I didn't take it either. Uh, so <laughs> I forgot to take it too. Damn uh, it. This, this is like, you're like me with the, my card advice. When I tell people yeah. what prospects to buy and then I don't buy them myself.
0: And the thing bad. is I bet on everything else and I yeah. didn't take that one. Oh,
2: oh no, I like it. I'll, I'll give it, you know, I think reds to win the division is, is, Probably like a, a, a three, but then the specific move for controllable pitching, which you know, I don't know what the Reds are going to do in that. that. That would very much surprise me. We'll bump it up to a five. Cool. And point two. Thanks.
0: Who, Jack, I just have a question for you. Who's going to be the Reds MVP of the second half?
1: Uh Mr. De La Cruz. All right. Your bold I prediction just, just got lowered to a one. It's a yeah. fucking freak, dude. Like, how is it not Ellie De La Cruz? What do you want the me to say? TJ Friedel. Chucky yes. Robinson is going to take over the full time <laughs> catching role, and Chucky Robinson's going to be a three
0: win player after the break.
2: That's the correct answer. That's a six seven.
0: Okay. You know who's been a little bit concerning? Jonathan India really limped yeah. into the all-star break. And you what you for I'm always on Red's Twitter. I'm just <laughs> yeah, I don't they, know today. why. I'm always on Reds Twitter, and you can see these people. Get Jonathan India out of the three hole, get him out like I don't know what his long term plans are hard to just like fully discount him like he's been a pretty consistent mainstay here, you know, over the past couple of years, he won the rookie of the year. I can't discount him yet. I do think that there is a good second half coming in from Jonathan India. All I'm saying is don't give up on the guy like there's still a really good player in there. And the Reds were winning even in spite of Jonathan India. India was hitting in the three hole and not performing well, and the Reds just kept rolling kind of regardless, right? Even when they were down, they would come all the way back, and they were beating teams that they shouldn't. The Reds are one of the most exciting teams in Major League Baseball, which is something that hasn't been said in a very long time. It's awesome. So here's my next poll prediction. The numbers say this has to be it. So I go to Quota, or excuse me, Quota, Opta Analyst, which is this really good website that, you know, takes into account, you know, what you actually won versus what you should should have won in terms of expected wins, expected run store scored, all those X stats, it kind of puts it into a formula and just shoots it out in a very, you know, it's a very easy way to read it. The St. Louis Cardinals are baseball's biggest underachievers. They think that this team should have won 11 more games than they should. The problem is their personnel in the back end of the bullpen, I think they should have lost those games. They're just not good relievers back there. Number two is the Kansas City Royals. And if you look at quality of contact, this is a team that should be hitting much better. But without Vinnie Pasquantino, what am I going to say? The Royals are going to finish a fourth No, I'm not buying it. But a team that keeps shooting out to me, and I still don't know if I fully believe in them, but the numbers are talking. My bold prediction is I think the San Diego Padres are going to find a way to make the playoffs. Ooh! So the San Diego Padres currently sit with a 43-47 and record, and they have a better run differential than everybody in their division not named the Los Angeles Dodgers. If we're just looking at run differential, which is the amount of runs you scored minus the amount of runs you've allowed, they would rank number three in the National League. Number one is the Braves at plus 147. They are destroying every team. They're 60 and 29. They are on pace to win 108 games. Number two is the Los Angeles Dodgers, who are just the Dodgers. They're 51 and 38 at plus 76. And number three is those San Diego Padres. Now, they are six back of the wild card spot right now and I look at the field, and I look at a Miami Marlins team who has a negative five-run differential, and I think we all agree that they have overperformed. Now, could Kim Ang be really strategic at the deadline and end up making enough moves in order to get the Marlins to the playoffs? Absolutely. Am I willing to buy into the Padres or the Marlins? Give me the Padres. The Philadelphia Phillies are kind of in that similar boat, got really hot at the end, and I still fully believe in them. But if we're looking at teams like the Mets or the Padres, like I am more inclined to buy into what the Padres are doing. I've heard Juan Soto trade rumors start to be in the news. I do not believe that for one second. I look at a guy like Xander Bogarts, who has definitely dealt with a wrist injury, and hopefully this all-star break can help him a little bit. You know, Manny Machado has been on the shelf a little bit. He's still going to be really, really good. Fernando Tatis Jr., Juan Soto, Blake Snell has looked like a Cy Young version of himself. I think Joe Musgrove is only going to get better. I think Yu Darvish is only going to get better. I look at their bullpen and there's still a lot of guys who I do like, like if we're comparing them to like the Mets or the Cardinals. So I think if there's a team that is below 500 right now in all of major league baseball, who has the best shot of making the playoffs, I really do think it's the San Diego Padres. But again, my gut tells me that the Padres were just going to underperform this year. So maybe that just continues. But I can't deny the numbers, how they've been baseball's, like Vladimir Guerrero Jr. has been baseball's unluckiest hitter. I think you can make a very strong argument that the San Diego Padres have been baseball's unluckiest team. In over 162-game season, I think that's going to start to right its own wrongs. Give me the Padres to make the division. That's why I was kind of, or not to win the division, excuse me, just to make the playoffs.
1: Because
0: yep. there's something that I don't love about the Diamondbacks moving forward. There's something about the Marlins that I don't love moving forward. I do think the Phillies are going to make it in, and I don't think anybody from the Central is. And if the Giants end up selling parts, Padres are in a very good position to keep on rolling. But if you ask a Padres fan, they've probably already given up. because you go on Padres Twitter, it's horrible. It's like World War III in there. And for good reason, because it's been gut-wrenching losses. It's been the team giving up at the end of games when they go down. It's been the team giving up when they go up. Everything that could have gone wrong has gone wrong, and they're 43 and 47. I think they make the playoffs.
2: I like it. Um, Jack, anything first? You got anything? No, I think Peter pretty much covered everything in
1: regards to the San Diego Padres there. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I mean, like, I think there's a lot of dysfunction there. And, and that's not – there are dysfunctional teams that are postseason teams. Like, the San Diego Padres last year were a dysfunctional team that almost rallied around, like, their best, most talented player being the pariah of the team and they got to the NLCS. Baseball's weird like that. You can do it in spite of, you know, like a, a fractured clubhouse because certain aspects of the clubhouse can come together. And I, I'm sure that there are world series champs that are entirely fractured, but that and the Mets seem like the two most frustrating situations in major league baseball. And I think the Mets seems more frustrating because it's you know, it, like Padres have massive payroll, but with the Mets, it's biggest payroll in baseball by a, a wide, wide margin. Uh, New York media, that fan base constantly being pessimistic uh, and everybody in there being the big money player that is underperforming. With the Padres, I think it's happening in a, in a different way where a lot of the really good players are still playing really well. Juan Soto's an all-star. Fernando Tatis Jr. should have been an all-star. Hell, man, Hassan Kim was a three-win player before the break. And then yep. the starting pitchers, Snell's been fucking nails recently. Nails. Michael Waka is like all-star. Hater, amazing. So all the good players are playing well. All the bad players are playing bad. It's pretty much exactly what we thought could happen where they're a top-heavy yeah. team. Like My thing is, yes, it sucks what's going on with the Padres in the first half. Yes, they've been unlucky, but they kind of put themselves in
2: a position to become unlucky. Mm. I think, I think with the Padres that the stars need to be stars and that's how this team was built was for the stars to be stars. And as Peter mentioned, Xander Bogart's just got a, a quarter zone shot in his wrist. The second, the last game was played. Cause I think it takes a couple of days to, to kind of you get your wrist feeling right after a shot like that. So he's going to hopefully feel better in the second half with, with a couple of days off, hopefully feel better and, and and get himself right there. And then Manny Machado. Like did Manny Machado also, was hurt by the way, in the beginning of the year he has been playing better as of late. And I think really, really finished strong into the all-star break. Then he had a two home run game to go into it. I think Machado is going to go nuclear in the second half. I think Bogarts is going to be better in the second half. Those two guys alone. I mean, those, those are not just all-stars. Those are two of the best players in the game when they're playing. Right. Um, so th- those two guys, I think can help put them over the top. I think Blake Snell doing what he's doing is, is definitely a big X factor and, Guys like Seth Lugo have stepped up and been fine. Like some of the other arms have been fine. I don't think they sell, and 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 I think as long as you got these guys on the same roster, they've got a shot. So I like it. I I think it's because of their payroll and because of their talent. All but how far they are out, you got to calculate that in. I'll give it like a five five, uh, maybe closer to a six because they're they're pretty far out of it, and a lot of people are pretty much counting them out. Um, but I like it. I'm 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 with Peter on this one.
1: Honestly, I give him a seven and a half because I'm counting them out.
2: Ooh, okay. That's fair. Like they they
0: they make you want to tear your hair out of your head. Yes. Like, that's why, like, I'm not even super confident. And I'm already going like fully gray. They're just making me more gray. Yeah. yeah. I, I watch this team and it's just how are you not winning games? Look at the stats on some of these guys, but then you watch them and you're like, well, that's why they're not winning games. They're not playing together as a team and they just cannot get a rally going. And it's like Juan Soto will get his home run, but it's a solo shot and it doesn't matter. And then Tatis will get his. And, but it, it's, it's, it's like they're getting theirs when they're down seven two or they're up eight two and then they get the home run. It's like it's not happening in the situations where you win games. It's happening in other situations. It's a weird team. But at the same time, too, we talk about guys who, you know, let the stars be stars. Like Cronenworth is a star. He should be better than a 680 OPS this season. Jake Cronenworth is slashing 217, 318, 361 for a 679 OPS. That's not Jake Cronenworth. And if we're talking about like the Mets are going to be buyers at the deadline because they have Steve Cohen running the show, the Padres are going to be buyers at the deadline, right? Like, they're probably going to add somebody. Preller is going to get creative. He's going to think of something that we can't even fathom, I feel like. I mean, the Padres could be the big buyers of this deadline and feel like, well, we can really go for it. So I'm buying another the Padres and I hate it. But I got to. But I hate it. <laughs> gotcha. All right, last ones. Yep. Mr. Layton, you first. Uh,
2: this will be relatively brief. Um, it This is a little bit of a of a homer pick, but – you know, I just, I've just been so impressed by the way he's been throwing lately. I'm going to say Jesus Lazardo gets some Cy Young votes. Mm. He had a couple blow up starts, you know, early in the year. There was a six earned run outing against, he, he went through a stretch where he was struggling to keep the ball in the yard. And I think that was the big thing for him. You remember that it was just like home run, home run, home run. We're like, what's going on with the Jesus? He's not locating. I think there was a stretch of, you know, three games where he gave up four homers but you look at his last five starts to go into the all-star break. And even before that, he was looking pretty decent last five starts to go into the all-star break, a one, one, four ERA opponents hit a buck 74 against him 31 and two thirds innings, only two home runs, six walks, 40 strikeouts. He went six or more innings in every single start six and a third in multiple and seven in one of them. And it wasn't all bad competition. It was against some some tough teams, some teams that hit lefties well, did against the Phillies, did against the Red Sox, did against the Cardinals, who offensively are still really good, Um, and and then seven against the Pirates. So I think this guy can really – get something going here he's so good at home especially you know at, at Mar- you know, Lone Depot Park where it's a great place to pitch the Marlins are playing some of the most meaningful games that they have played in a very long time his fastball velocity just continues to to hold at 97 plus and the thing that I like the most about him is if you can blend whiff with, with ground balls you have a really good recipe for continuous quality starts for Amber Valdez does that, you know, I know the whiff's not off the charts, but he gets the whiff and the ground balls. And I think that's something that Lizardo has been able to fall back on to go deeper into starts and has been doing that of late. In that five-game stretch where he's striking out 34% of batters, 51% of batted balls are on the ground too. So guys that are lucky enough to hit it, they're putting it on the ground. That's how you keep the ball in the yard. I think Lizardo is really seeing things click for him. Remember he's 25 and this is really like his first full season. He's already at his career high in innings, but he's been building up to this. He looks healthy, knock on wood. Um, if he keeps this rolling, I think, I think he could find his way into, you know, getting a couple of those third, fourth place votes, whatever it may be because it's kind of open in the national league right now.
1: Four and I love it. Um, I Four? Like, I mean, five, like, Here's the thing. If Lazardo throws a whole year, I think since the start of 2022, Jesus Lazardo has been one of, if not the most underrated pitcher in baseball. He sits 97 on the heater. He has a sinker too. It's tagged as a sinker. It's a good sinker. The fastball slider combination is awesome. He's got four pitches that are varying degrees of hard. He's a power pitcher. You mentioned whiff and ground balls, and he's got a three, three ERA in the last 200 innings of work. He's really good. This was a Kim Ang fleece job for a rental Police. of Starling Marte. Awesome. And, folks, he's 25 years old. Jesus Lizardo is one of the most talented pitchers in baseball. He's one of the best young pitchers in baseball. And he's one of the most underrated pitchers in baseball. And I love that we're giving him
2: love. He's awesome guy, too. I think this guy, is
0: too. Awesome I I think this is one of the boldest takes on the show so far, but I agree with it. Right? Like, I think he will. I he is so nasty. Arm. Like you guys basically covered it, so I'm not gonna go into much more detail. But you watch Jesus Zardo pitch every fifth day, and you're like, he's better than Sandy, or at least he's pitching better than him right now. He's pitching better than Sandy right now. I mean, he's just it's like if the Marlins need a win and it's game one, like you're probably going to him, right? And that's why, like, It's bold, but I agree with it. Right. Because even that sentence saying if the Marlins were in a do or die position in order to get to the playoffs, well, for one, it might be Yuri, <laughs> no, but <laughs> yeah. it would probably <laughs> like might be Yuri, but Jesus Zardo would be that guy. Right. I mean, arm Marlins right think.
2: now, hundred percent. If, 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 if the game 100%. was tomorrow, if the game was tomorrow, I know that Marlins like would probably be like we give Sandy the ball. If the game was tomorrow and I'm the manager and we have to win or Lone Depot Park implodes, I'm giving the ball to Jesus Lizardo and I'm not thinking twice about it right now. I think Sandy's going to get himself back to it where it's a no-brainer, Sandy, because he's just – he's Sandy. But at this moment, without hesitation, Lizardo gets the ball. Got you. I like it.
0: Jack?
1: All right. Uh, I was biting my tongue when Aram went with his first take here because mine also has to do with the Baltimore Orioles. (laughs) I'm going to say, I'm going to say a name and I've already leaked that it has something to do with the Baltimore Orioles and you're immediately going to be thrown. But I think this is the boldest take that I've ever had. I think on this podcast and I'm building it up. Shohei Otani wins the American league MVP. He hits 50 homers. He punches out 200 and he is the three hitting starting pitcher in the American league division series for the Baltimore Orioles.
0: what did you just say yeah the baltimore orioles trade for shohei otani yes i love
2: it 10
0: (laughs) 10 and i'm obsessed with it is it gonna happen no but am i obsessed with the thought of it absolutely because it would be it would be poetic justice if the team like the Orioles, who never adds at the deadline, always has the opening, and it's just like, well, we got guys that, you know, we we have our own guys. Like we don't need to Michael I's like we don't need to. We're we'll go get Cole Irvin, right? Yeah. We got enough in our starting rotation. All we need is some back end guys because we're Grace Rodriguez. Even though we're going to start him in the minor leagues and then send him down again. John Means is coming back, guys. Maybe Bruce Zimmerman yeah, we're, can we're give fine. us innings. <laughs> you know what? Time is now we're sending all of these young pieces, the biggest trade in the history of team sports. Baltimore Orioles trade everyone under the sun in order to get the best player in team sports. Jack McMullen. I'm fired up right now. I got to say,
1: listen, man, the angels are a sitting duck with trout out for the next month or two. They're going to drop out of contention in the AL West. Otani's a rental the price of Otani is not going to be the price of Juan Soto it's not the Orioles have the deepest system that we have seen in years in minor league baseball they're gonna feel it but if they want to win the world series this year I think if I was Perry Manassian I'm swallowing the optics nightmare I think you have to trade Shohei Otani to cash in on this guy a little bit because I think it's pretty clear now with Trout out for you know six to eight weeks that you're not going to win anything. And Otani, if you're not winning this year, he's going to go somewhere else.
2: You yeah, might that's my thing. Like, I would I would make my best offer to Shohei Otani now. Like, and I know that's not how teams operate, right? but you, you you need to to be able to to make the best decision for your franchise, or else you're getting a comp pick and that's it for Shohei Otani, which is absurdity. So. Yeah, I mean it, it let's say you go to Shohan and say if we give you six hundred in free agency, you know, would you take it? And he's like, I don't know. No. You you gotta you gotta consider you gotta consider moving him. But I I'm still of the belief that he sticks around in LA and you know, with, with the Angels and, and they make it work. But here's here's the one thing that I think makes it the hottest take of all takes. He's a rental, then they're just gonna let him go in free agency? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be so electric. Why would they not try to
0: re-sign him and give him all the money in the world?
2: I think they're going to. Oh, uh, you think they're going to sign him too?
1: No. Oh, you mean Baltimore? Yeah. Yeah. Oh no, no, no. I thought you meant L.A. Like, why wouldn't L.A. keep him and and offer him all the money in the world? I think I think they're going to try to, but I think Otani's going to say, "Dude, like, no. no." Um, and I'm with Aram. I think that that conversation needs to happen beforehand. I think that they're going to do this for a rental. They know the price is going to be $60 million annually. They're not going to do that. But rental Otani. Do you have to give up Jackson Holiday for that?
0: No. 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 What do you have to give up? You're going to have to give up Kauser, Westberg. Do you have to give up Grayson in that deal? Did those three get it done? I don't
2: think so. That's too much. Again, what would it be? Like that
1: Kauser and Westberg for Otani.
0: That's so low.
2: Imagine Angels not. fans. It's the, no, it's not. I know so not it's as bad a rental. As losing him in free agency.
0: I know, but it's Shohei fucking Otani. I know. Okay, but
1: it's, three it's months. Three months of Otani. Exactly.
0: Yeah.
2: I think it's malpractice to, t- to, to trade those guys for three months I, of Otani.
0: I think it's also malpractice for the Angels to consider trading the greatest player in team sports at the same time. So it's like malpractice for the Orioles to give up that much for Otani. And That's it's also right. malpractice for Perry Manasi to be like, you know what? We are trading the greatest player to ever touch a baseball, or l- yes. at least the most talented player. Like you see, other radio stations and ESPN and all these different publications, they're like trying to make these comparisons. Otani, like, oh, it was Ruth, but it was never Ruth. That it's because there is no comparison. There's no kind. Yeah, you know, there's always the, are you going to continue to meet right, Otani? Yeah, I'm going to continue to meet right up. Absolutely. Are you seeing what I'm seeing? This so. Was-
1: Last thing I'll say on this is I am, I don't know, for 499 episodes and and honestly, 500 and I'll get right back to it at 501. I have, you know, kind (laughs) of pushed away like the risk and the bold take, right? Because I I don't really like doing, I like thinking within the constraints of a team in an organization operating as like a business. But dude, like this is so fucked and backwards, it might just work.
2: This is an unprecedented, ridiculous situation here. So you do have that going for you. Uh, I'll give it a 10-1. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you.
0: 9-9. Nine, God nine. Okay. just might happen.
1: <laughs> Would 10 be like the Marlins? <laughs> yeah oh no no 10 That's would be not, the there's, red there's there's no oh, the reds got him dude i the, the marlins don't the even jersey swaps Otani tani city connect cincinnati reds uniform the marlins
2: too. The Marlins not only don't have the assets to trade for him they also don't have the money to pay him even the prorated the salary pro-rated. now
0: like they don't even have whatever he's stadium, on for now they don't have the stadium to house all the fans that would come watch him either.
2: exactly that too. <laughs> like they, they would actually like it would be bigger than Messi to enter Miami. Like it was just, I, I, t- I mentioned this to my friends, actually. If mm-hmm. the if Shohei Otani was a free agent and the Marlins said, instead of giving you money, we'll give you the equal amount to your best offer in equity in the franchise. So meaning let's say Shohei Otani's best offer is presumably $600 million. And the Marlins say, we don't have any money, but instead we'll give you $600 million worth of shares in the Miami Marlins. Shohei Otani would then be the majority owner of the Miami Marlins. Think about that. Like, That'd be a
1: first, owning the team you play for.
2: <laughs> like, that's how good he is. The Marlins are worth a billion dollars. Shohei Otani mm-hmm. is going to get 600 and change. If So if the Marlins gave him equity instead, he'd be the majority owner. And that just shows you how fucked up this whole thing is. But that's nah, a separate topic. Yeah.
0: All right, Peter, yours. My last take. I hope I am so wrong. I've never hoped to be more wrong about something in my entire life. I don't think the New York Yankees are making the playoffs. Arm and I, after the home run derby, we were walking back to the car and we were talking about potential moves that the Yankees could make.
1: You were walking back to the car with our friend Colby Olson.
0: Yes, also him too. But it was before we we met up with Colby. It was just Arm and I. We were talking about, oh, the Marlins can make these good deals. Like, they need a catcher. They need a third base. And Arm says, what do the Yankees need? Like, how are they going to finagle this? What moves are the Yankees going to make? Are they going to go get another starting pitcher? Clark Schmidt is second in innings on this team. I think they're pretty sold <laughs> on him just being the starting pitcher in this rotation. What are you doing with Luis Severino? Domingo Herman, So they have enough arms for Hal Steinbrenner to sit there and be like, yeah, we don't need to make the big move for Shane Bieber, right? We're not going to leverage the farm system to go get Shane Bieber. We have Carlos Rodon now back healthy. We have Garrett Cole. And then you look at the lineup and it says, well, yeah, should they make a move for Lane Thomas? Sure. But at the same time, like you're probably not moving off Jose Trevino, who was an all-star last year, who's just been terrible offensively this year. You're not getting a shortstop. You got Volpe now. At third base, DJ LeMahieu has been a shell of himself. And then you have Josh Donaldson. Again, the Yankees have been very reluctant to get off Josh Donaldson because he makes a ton of money. And they keep relying on the fact that he's good defensively at third. Congrats. So is DJ LeMahieu. That third base combo is not working. But again, they're not going to go get a third baseman because then you have to basically give away Donaldson, which they haven't proven they're going to do, and like bench DJ LeMahieu. Now in the outfield... Judge is presumably going to come back at some point. You have Harrison Bader, you have Giancarlo Stanton, and you have these Jake Bowers, Billy McKinney types. So they're probably not going to make the move for a big-time outfielder. They had the chance to do that with Brian Reynolds, and they didn't do it. Then you look at first base. They're not moving off Rizzo. Stanton and Glaber at second. So where is the position that they're going to make a big-time buy and then move off some of these guys, right? Right. Because they're in this weird position where they don't have absolute holes where it's like, all right, if you plug a guy in there, that'll be a big difference maker, right? We talk about the Dimebacks. They have a hole in started pitching. They can make a big move for Shane Bieber right then and there. Yankees don't really have that. And the Yankees are probably not going to add a bunch of bullpen help because their bullpen has been so damn good. And when I watch the Yankees, like this just isn't that good of a team. And when I look at the rest of the American League, the Rays are better. The Orioles are better. The Blue Jays are better. Then you look at the West. The Rangers are better. The Astros are better. And I think Seattle is due for a huge second half. So where is the lane to make the playoffs? And then where is the lane to add a bunch of big-time pieces that are going to make a big impact for your team? Now, Aaron Judge, we don't know when he's even going to come back, right? I As soon as he went out, I came on this podcast, and I said, don't expect him back anytime soon. He might come back at the end of August. So if you're playing more... 500-ish baseball without Aaron Judge. You're running out of time. Stanton has been horrible, and he's heating up a little bit lately, but is he going to be great in the second half? There's no number that points to that. Rizzo, same thing. Bader is probably going to be on the shelf at least one more time this season. What are the Yankees going to do? I don't think that they're going to make these biggest splashes because they are very reluctant to trade any break time prospects. And they're not as good as the other teams. I think the Yankees are the White Sox version of stuck, even though they're the contender. They're like the most stuck contender. Blue Jays, they could go get a big time starting pitcher. The Rays are just better even if they do nothing. The Orioles are better even if they do nothing. The Mariners are better even if they do nothing. I can keep going through the line of Astros and Rangers. My bold take, and I don't even know if it's bold. I want you guys to give them my bold meter. I don't think the Yankees are making the playoffs.
1: One, three, settle it two.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, there, they You, you obviously set the scene. Um, there's, there's just not that many areas where I see them being able to upgrade much, and. They're attached to several dudes. You're only going as far as Aaron Judge takes you. And, I, you know, I think getting Rodon back is massive. And I think he's going to throw well for them. And I think the Rodon-Cole combination <laughs> is enough to, you know, really, really be. I think that could be one of the best duos, in, if not the best duo in, in, in Major League Baseball, if Agreed. Rodon is, is healthy. But there's just a lot of moving parts here. And, and I think they could, a Candelaria would make a big difference. But you you have to cut ties with somebody. I, I do think that they're going to hit the point right around the deadline where they say, you know, we we just got to cut Donaldson because finally at this point they can do it. Because the thing is, this is the Yankees we're
0: dealing with. There have been plenty of positions to do that in the past and they have failed to do so. Like I was even saying, if they get Candelario, does that catapult them into the playoffs? No,
2: it's not enough. It
0: It helps, helps. but it's not
2: enough. I think ultimately they will move off of, of Donaldson. Now Um, there's a mutual option in 2024 that they're going to decline anyways and and this is the end of the deal finally pretty much. I think I think they're not going to make the playoffs. I actually do not believe they make the playoffs. The only way that, that that I think it all works for them is you get judge back sooner, Bader's playing and healthy and Anthony Volpe actually starts you know really getting comfortable and playing the way that you know he's he, been he's, much better over the past couple of weeks. Yes. but it's not enough. So and Nestor's hurt and and Montes is out. Like I I just don't think this is the Yankees' year. I I don't and I I think this is going to be one of those where they got to go back to the drawing board and and you know reshuffle some things and, and go back into next year, uh, with a little bit of a new look team trim some of the older fat you know which is LeMahieu, which I don't know how they're going to do that. Yeah. Donaldson being gone will be huge. Uh, I I think Labor Torres is is just one of those guys that just isn't going to. Put you over the top, but doesn't hurt you. He's just kind of meh. I do, I do think that they need to to shake up this lineup a little bit, but they're not going to be able to do that this year. So I, I, I'm with you. I don't think they make the playoffs at all.
1: If the if the New York Yankees were the big bad New York Yankees, where do you want Harrison Bader batting in the lineup?
0: Six, presumably, like a, yeah. I mean, he would be a great six hitter. He hit know? cleanup on Sunday. That's what I'm saying, Jack. Yeah, I know. He's the cleanup hitter. He's a glove first center fielder. Yeah. Where are they going to add? They're going to go get Bieber? No, they aren't.
2: No, no shot.
0: They're not adding. Like, honestly, I I could see the the bat that they're going to get. They need bats and they don't have positions to put the bats in.
1: Dude, the Yankees might do nothing.
0: Yeah, they might do nothing. I
1: want you to be prepped for them doing nothing. I want you to be prepped prepped for their big move being DFAing Josh Donaldson. And that's it.
0: I agree. Couldn't agree more. I don't know what they would do. And it's like, I don't blame them. They
1: should not blame... for Gene Segura.
0: And it's funny, I don't blame them.
1: No, like Cashman's hands are so fucking tied. It's so
0: tied. It's What are you going to do? Are you going to add Lane Thomas? Does that put you over the top? No. no. The other teams are in such better positions to make big moves. Yep. And they're already better. So it's like a two-fold approach. The Yankees don't really have any areas where, like, all their guys are just fine. That's the problem. I'd almost wish some of these guys were way worse and not expensive so they could just move off them and then retool and get a bunch of new guys at the deadline. They have, like, fine guys. There's something that the Yankees can look at with Donaldson and be like, he's one of the better defensive third basemen in baseball, and the batted ball profile, it's going to hit in soon. DJ LeMay, you can't be this bad. Rizzo can't be... This underwhelming. Glaber can't be this regular. Trevino has to start hitting better right.
2: Yeah, we went through these guys already. Yeah.
0: Exactly. Like I, that's all I got. Like we could just keep going through them and no, no. I would no. love
1: Yankee fans out. We're good. You can take us out. Send <laughs> us into the weekend.
0: I got everybody <laughs> fired up for episode 500 So that'll do it for this episode of the Just Baseball Show. We will be back with episode 501. Um, this weekend's a little bit tough. We're all traveling. Hopefully we get an episode out by Friday, but it's still TBD, but we're going to try our best. But hopefully these last couple episodes sent you, you know, into a very good week. Hopefully everybody enjoys the all-star break. And, of course, we'll be back on our regularly scheduled programming next week. Best way to support the Just Baseball show is to get yourself some Just Baseball merch. That is in the episode description. Another great way to support without spending a dime is to rate and review this podcast five stars, whether that be on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts. Hit that subscribe button. It's very easy. It's just a little red button. And uh, hit the like button. And of course, comment down below if we said anything asinine or if anything that you agree with and our DMs are open, if you want to send hate or love, but we all love all of you. Thank you for tuning in for 500 episodes, whether your first episode was this one at episode 500 or episode number one at Project the Plate. Genuinely appreciate you guys turning us on in the morning, afternoon, whenever you listen to us again, really, really appreciate it. And, of course, we are brought to you by BetMGM. Use code just baseball for all those great bonus bets. That's Jack. That's Arm. I'm Peter. And with that, thank you, everybody.